Well, Razorback fans, Razorback baseball is officially here, and they are 2-1 and one to start the season. So what do we know about the Razorback baseball team? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the John Neighbors Show, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 on Natty State Sports and NattyStateSports.com. These days, every new potential hire can feel like high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions do apply. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend here in the great state of Arkansas and across the country as you kind of had a little bit of an overlap of Razorback baseball and basketball, which we'll talk a little bit about basketball because there's uh, some things to talk about there and discuss. But uh, Razorback baseball opens up against James Madison, and it's a four-game series, and we know that if you're listening to the podcast today, here on a Monday, uh, they have one more game to play uh, here at Monday at noon, actually. So going to be an early one for the Razorbacks, and uh, Arkansas won the first two games but lost this third game on Sunday, which uh, is pretty frustrating, and I know Dave Van Horn was frustrated, but uh, there was a few things to take away from these games, and we'll, we'll just kind of go through them by one by one and uh, do some takeaways for them, but uh, essentially where it is at for game one, Arkansas was able to get the victory 6-4 to four over James Madison. Now, the real story of this was Hagen Smith. Hagen Smith on Friday, and we know how he is a preseason All-American. We know that he is a guy who has about as much experience as you could ever have in a third-year pitcher for the Razorbacks. A lot of expectation. Uh, it was the ace basically as soon as the season ended last year. Everyone knew he was going to be the ace. And so people were excited to see what he was going to be capable of in game one against James Madison. And needless to say, it did not go well for Hagen Smith. He only pitched one inning and had 42 pitches. He had one hit, three runs, three earned runs, only two strikeouts, and he hit two batters. Or he walked two batters, I should say. But yeah, it did not go well. There's a three-run bomb there by Hagen Smith, and uh, it, it really just ended his day early. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to freak out and say, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. He can't play. He's got. He's not got it. I mean, first games of the season, is, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm really not. But first game of the season, you got the, the, the type of weather that those first two games especially were in are horrendous. I mean, it's freezing cold. Nobody wants to be out there playing in that. Um, I, I just think that it got to him a little bit, especially there in the early going. So just not not what you wanted to see out of Hagen. And he'll have an opportunity to go to Arlington this weekend and to be able to really showcase his ability and being on a grand stage like that down there in Arlington. But overall, yeah, you were, I was disappointed. I was disappointed like everybody. But Arkansas still got the victory because Will McIntyre, Big Mac, comes in and pitches a little over five innings, only gives up three hits, one run, and is able to strike out six batters on 71 pitches, and Gage Wood closes out the whole thing with 36 pitches uh, as well as one hit only given up. But Arkansas got it done, and one of the big reasons why is Kendall Diggs goes two for four, 
You got Hudson White going one for three, uh, which was nice to see him. He's really good. I really like Hudson White, especially in that leadoff spot. He's been really impressive. And how about Jared Sprague Lott? Uh, <laughs> guy that hits the first home run of the season, like we all predicted, I'm sure. But uh, in that game, he had two hits and his two at-bats. And Arkansas got the victory. So it was nice to see that. And, uh, again, the weather was awful, but got it done. Now, game two, Arkansas really put it to James Madison. They won 15-5 to in this one. And, in fact, run-ruled James Madison in this one. And it was really a great performance by a few people involved. Like Brady Tiger, he went five innings in this one. Only gave up two hits, one run, one earned run. And uh, had four strikeouts. I will say, he hit so many batters, it felt like. Yeah, he hit the same guy in that dome twice. So, uh, had, had a little bit of control problems there at times. But overall, a really good outing from Brady. Then Parker Coyle comes in. Uh, gives, uh, well, he comes in and uh, had four hits and four runs and just 24 pitches. Wasn't exactly the most ideal situation for him. And then Cody Frank comes in in the final two-plus minute uh, innings and takes care of business in 33 pitches and uh, is able to, to get out of there, and Arkansas takes care of it. Now, again, it was more about the offense in this one because, once again, Hudson White, who uh, lead, leads it off, goes two for four and uh, also has two runs to add into the mix. you got Ben McLaughlin who goes two for four. Peyton Holt goes two for five. Uh, Ty Wilmsmeyer, how about that, three for five in this one as yeah, he looked really good and really comfortable in that uh, in that role. And, of course, i uh, got to give a shout-out to Aloy. He's not done very well to start, and I think a lot of it has to do with the expectation and the pressure that's on us. The, these, this happens to kids, and especially in baseball and especially at this time frame, it happens to where if you got a lot of people talking about you and referring to you and bringing you up and, and all of that, you're going to start to kind of feel it a little bit. And I think Aloy being known for his power and his ability. I could see it totally being something like a Caleb Cowley last year. For those who don't remember, Caleb Cowley, who ended up being one of, if not the best hitter that Arkansas had, especially late in the year, uh, he was getting hyped up. Uh, I remember talking to baseball players, and they're like, dude, this guy is next level good. He's, he, he's, a, he's hitting everything. He's the best contact hitter we've ever seen. And I think he started the year like one for 30. Like, just not good at all. And... It eventually got to the point to where he started settling in. He started finding ways to uh, take the pressure off of himself and be patient at the plate and ended up being huge for Arkansas down the stretch. It's just three games is all we've seen, so I'm not trying to make it that crazy of a comparison, but I could absolutely see it where Aloy needs just to settle in a little bit. We know what he's capable of. The coaches know what he's capable of. I mean, we've seen what he's capable of. He's just got to settle himself in. But he at least did get the walk-off uh, in this one, and that was his only hit of the game. He goes one for five because uh, in the game against – in the first game he went uh, 0 for 3. So 0 for 3, 1 and 5, and then unfortunately for the Razorbacks, they did lose game three by a final score of 7 to 3, and it was not a very pretty seventh inning. That's really the inning that got to him. But Aloy in that game also went two – at least went two of five, but still trying to build up that – batting average and get to a point to where he's he's a lot more comfortable but it was just that is just not Arkansas's day uh, Mason Molina was the starter people were really excited about him and he looked really good in the beginning part of it had some really good stuff but uh, eventually ended up kind of getting a battled up a little bit or hit up a little bit does uh, give up three hits for in two runs 
Stone Hewlett comes in. He doesn't really do much in there. But right after that, Gabe Gackle, who's a true freshman, uh, was really interested to see what he could do. Uh, two innings in this one, he gave up three hits, three runs. And three, all three of them were earned runs. So that was really a, a tough showing for him when he came in in the seventh inning. Jake Faraday comes in, does give up a run in one inning. Tate McGuire comes in for just a little bit, and then Kristen Fouch ends it uh, for Arkansas. But the offense was really the problem in this one. Uh, Arkansas was able to get 10 hits. But the problem is, and this is what can be worrisome and has been worrisome for times at Arkansas, is there were times where they had bases loaded. I think there were three, at least three occasions I remember in this game. Arkansas had bases loaded, and I'm pretty sure all of them were with two outs. But Arkansas was unable to capitalize on any of those deals. And that's just, that's not what you want to see. That's not what you want to have done. Because any any time that you can, like you had nine, nine guys left on base in this one. Nine guys left on base. And I'm pretty sure like all of them were in bases loaded situations. That's what it felt like. And so that's just things you got to take it, take, take advantage of. And Arkansas was unable to do it in this game. It's not the end of the world. So anybody that's freaking out and talking about this, that, and the other, about this team sucks, everything sucks, everything's bad, relax. You know, people forget that Arkansas, the year they in 2018, where they should have won the College World Series title, uh, they lost a game in their opening series, I believe, against Kent State. So things happen. And if Arkansas bounces back here on this Monday and, and takes care of business and wins the series, I think most people will feel pretty good about it. And they, they'll see, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it with the pitching side because you know that they got a shortened week traveling, especially down to Arlington. So they may throw uh, a lot of uh, randomness out there. But uh, J- uh, I think it was the Vygatsky guy for James Madison. He's their closer, and he was out there for a long time, a long time. So – I think James Madison, at least for my guessing, was really going all in on this game just to get this victory. And I don't know who they're going to pitch tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow or today, I guess, when you're listening to this podcast. But either way, it's it should be one Arkansas really bounces back and, and gets after it. So just a few observations. Nothing, nothing too crazy as far as things that are bad. But I, I really like Hudson White in that leadoff spot. I think that's great. Uh, you know, Diggs did some really good things, too, at times. Uh, again, Loy, I know he had his struggles, but, you know, they, they still got some dudes that, you know what they're capable of. I think the pitching was overall decent. Still need to see some more out of these guys, but that's what they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out rotations. They're trying to figure out how they handle these things, and so far I'm, I'm for it, and I'm fine with it. And, again, hopefully they can take care of business and win the series instead of splitting the series against James Madison here in the early going. We'll talk a little basketball and Arkansas's performance there against Mississippi State here in just a second. But, folks, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it in the, at the place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified within the first 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not be able to have the time or the resources to hire, but they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier, and they even launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and even quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions do apply. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Razorback basketball did have a game, and no, they didn't win. Um, <laughs> I, I wish that it was not the case that Arkansas is a losing record and overall at 12-13 and 13 right now, but it is what it is. Uh, going into the game, though, Mississippi State is a tough place to play. Arkansas has not won there much at all. And... I remember when we were here at Natty State Sports, we're doing a live stream for the game, and I was watching it and kind of wondering how it was going to go. Well, first off, before the season even started, when I still believed that this team was elite, team was going to be great, which I think we're all wrong about, even during that time, I looked at this Mississippi State game, and I'm like, Arkansas is going to lose that. And they always do. It's a really weird place for Arkansas. They haven't had success there. And also going up against Chris Jans's team, I mean, it, it's... It's just a weird matchup. So I never even felt good about that game going into it, really. Uh, Going into the season, I should say. And then, of course, right now, going into it, I wasn't feeling good. I think Mississippi State ended up being a a 9.5-point favorite in this game, which was wild. And then we get the news that before the game starts that uh, Jalen Graham's not going to play. He's dealing with an injury that he suffered in the previous game. So no Trevin Brazil, no Jalen Graham. And essentially, no power forward. So, wow. It was like, okay, well, this is going to get nasty. This could get ugly quick. But, but, I will give credit where credit is due. Arkansas actually played about as well as I've seen them play in the SEC so far this year. It doesn't matter that they, they lost. I get it. I'm not looking to give you moral victories. I don't want to give you moral victories. Like, that's not what I want to do. I'm just telling you like it is. They played about as well as you could have asked for this particular situation without Jalen Graham, without Trevin Brazil, without no power forward. They played as well of a team as a team as you can see. I think Caleb Battle had – I don't even think it is. Caleb Battle had his best game as a Razorback in the SEC. He had 18 points in this game. Goes 7 of 13, and he didn't hit a 3. But goes 7 of 13, gets 2 rebounds, 2 assists, no turnovers, but unfortunately did foul out. And then how about Makai Mitchell, y'all? Makai Mitchell is, I think that he needs to be respected and appreciated. I, I really do, for what he's been able to do here in the, in the past few weeks. I know it hasn't been enough, but the dude has 21 points in this game and 9 rebounds. 21 points in 22 minutes with nine rebounds. Had one assist, one turnover, two steals, and two block shots. Dude was an animal. Makai Mitchell was an absolute animal. Eight of 12 from the field and five of five from the free throw line. So that was big for Arkansas. So both Caleb Battle and Makai Mitchell were the players of the game in this one. I don't even think there was a question about it. Now, after that, though, people started really hammering L. Ellis. I don't know why, at least on our live stream. People were so mad at L. Ellis, and I have no idea why. L. Ellis, you want to know what L. Ellis did? He played 34 and a half minutes, go, had eight points, goes three of six from the field, had four assists and only one turnover and a rebound. He's plus two. I mean, is that, is that the best game I've ever seen him play? No. 
But to say it, for people to be ripping him as if he's bad, yeah, I think it was just living in the moment because he missed that free throw at the end of the game, which it, even if he made both the free throws, Arkansas was still going to be down. So I, I didn't understand that at all. I did not understand where all that fury came from for L. Ellis. I thought L. Ellis played really well, or at least well. Now, there were, there were other factors that went into this. Uh, Tremont Mark was, a, was really a no-show offensively. Two of seven from the field, only six points, and fouled out pretty early in the game, or at least in the second half. Yeah, had six points and three rebounds. It was not a great game, even though he had the highest plus-minus uh, for Arkansas at plus seven. But Devo Davis, man, he had eight points, no rebounds, no assists, no steals in 25 minutes. Did go three of six from the field, two of three from three-point land. But the thing about Devo, and, you know, this is something you can always just look back and look at it in hindsight, but the thing about Devo is he, at the end of the game, when Arkansas had this possession, you could not have asked for a more wide-open three-point attempt than what Devo Davis had. And it was actually assisted, or was going to be assisted by L. Ellis. He was wide open. And just didn't take the shot. I, the guy was 10 feet in front of him, just didn't take the shot. I was disappointed in that. I'm not saying that's why Arkansas lost the game, because who's to say he would have even made it? But in that situation, when you're a guard, you're a senior guard, and also Arkansas was 3 of 17 from three-point land, and Devo had two of those threes, you got to take that three, man. That, that is a great, high-quality shot you got to take, and he didn't. And Arkansas didn't really get anything from it. So again, it's it's not Arkansas had seven went seventeen percent from the field or from three point land, forty five percent from the field, fourteen of nineteen from the free throw line. Battle missed two, LLs missed two, but both those were on purpose. So better energy, more effort, more fun. At least I enjoyed watching a game for a second instead of just wanting to put bleach in my eyes. But wasn't enough. Just, I'm glad that they're still fighting. I'm glad that they're still fighting. I'm glad they're still looking at it as if they care about it. That's what I like to see, and that's what I want to see more of. Folks, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So um, this is just a little rant that I wanted to go on because I know Mus was referring to it a little bit. And it, it didn't impact the game. So I'm not trying to act like this was something that impacted the Razorbacks game against Mississippi State. But this is a bigger problem, I think, in sports. There are so many rules that are rules for no reason. And there are rules just for the sake of being rules. For instance, in men's college basketball, I have no idea why they have halves instead of quarters. Women's basketball in college have quarters. NBA has quarters. High school has quarters. Uh, G League has quarters. European leagues have quarters. Every single basketball league and level use quarters except for college basketball. Why? Why? No clue. But they do. And it's kind of the same thing with advancing the basketball on timeouts. 
Women's college basketball does that now. The NBA doesn't. So why doesn't men's college basketball do that? Why should you you should be able to advance the ball in timeouts? Again, just my opinion. But why would they do why would you not do that? If the women's game is doing it, why would you as the men's game not do that? And what drives me up a wall, and again, this is not just an indictment on college basketball from the men's side. This is an indictment on all sports that ever approach it this way. If you have, because you can use it for the same thing with overtime rules in the NFL. I think the NFL overtime rules are the stupidest thing and the most complicated thing that don't that doesn't need to be complicated at all, at all. It's actually the one thing that college has over the NFL rule wise. To me, that's so much better. But it's like the NFL has to refuse to adapt to the college game because heaven forbid they take something from the college game. I mean, that's the only reasonable excuse I could come up with. And it goes the same thing with men's college basketball. It's like, you don't, you just don't want to do it. Why? Well, we, we like to be our own. Well, why? Well, it's always been that way. Okay, great. Change it. There's like, there's zero excuse for men's basketball to be halves and not quarters. I don't get it. I don't get why they don't advance the ball on timeouts. Like this, None of that makes sense. And it's just been something that's been frustrating to me for a long time. And so, and there's other rules I'm sure that are out there that you could probably bring up or that we could discuss and dive into. But my whole thing is that if you, if you are good with the way the game is, fine. But if you're legitimate, if you, even if you have a legitimate reason as to why you don't want to do it a certain way, that's fine. But you just doing these rules for the sake of doing these rules and having no idea about what could be the benefits or just at least not caring about the benefits or not caring about the just the overall look of it all, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I have no idea why. So stupid rules don't need to be stupid rules just for the sake of being stupid. That's my whole point. And that's all I got to say about that. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at the John Neighbors Show with any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.